have the rights to this song, but we want you to let it come in your heart and think about the words to this song and think about situations that you have been in or you are still in. But you know that Jesus is the way. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. So hallelujah and bless his sweet name.
for being a great God. We thank you for being an awesome God. We thank you for being a God that sits high, that looks low. God, we thank you, Father God, that our Redeemer lives. And we can say, let the Redeemer of the Lord say so. And we're saying so on the day. God, we have been redeemed. We have been bought with a price. That price was paid through Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful. We're so grateful on tonight. Now, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. We lift up everyone out there on tonight, God, who's dealing with this COVID-19, who's going through in their bodies. God, we command healing to their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. We command healing over the nations. We say rise up off of your sick bed in Jesus' name and walk in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you, God, that you said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you have already delivered us out of them all. God, even before the afflictions come, even before sickness and disease come, or whatever comes our way, God, you have already delivered us. So, God, we're walking in our deliverance right now, God. We're not waiting on deliverance. We're not waiting on healing. We are the healed of the Lord. For your words say, by Jesus' stripes, we were already healed. So I command healing right now in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Father God, that we are the healed of the Lord. And we thank you on today, God, that we are prosperous. God, you said in your word, beloved, I wish above all things that we should prosper and be in good health, even as our soul shall prosper. We thank you, God, for the renewing of our mind on tonight. God, let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, as we go into the word of God tonight to be taught, I thank you for my helper, my teacher, my standby, the one that walks alongside of me, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place on tonight. Do what you need to do according to the word of God. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Tuesday, we were talking about, again, 911, what is your emergency? And I want to say again, um, with doing this this teaching on 911, what's your emergency lost souls? I pray that it helped those that are out there that are born again, that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. I pray that as you hear these messages every Tuesday, that you have a change of heart, you have a change of mind, meaning that you just don't sit in your home and wait on people to be saved. But as you go out um, during the day or if you're on the phone with someone that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that you begin to minister this good news concerning the kingdom unto them. This is what 911, What's Your Emergency, Lost Souls is all about. We're here to win souls unto Jesus Christ. He already done paid the price, but he want us to go out and proclaim what he has already done. We should be pro- proclaiming the cl- kingdom 
And if we proclaim the kingdom, we are proclaiming Jesus Christ because Jesus came and brought the kingdom unto us. And when we accept him, the kingdom is within us. So we need to let the kingdom out of us and let people know that his kingdom have come. His kingdom is here right now here on earth because we're on earth, born again believers. That's what 911 What's your emergency lost souls are about? It's about winning the loss. So I went over last week. I went back in the book of Genesis. And I want to say again, God does not want any man, anyone to be lost. When I say man, that's everybody. He don't want nobody to be lost. He want all to come to the, to all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the knowledge of the truth? Jesus Christ is the knowledge of the truth, knowing his death, burial, and resurrection. So when we know about that, then we're coming to the knowledge of the truth. Know that God loves you, and he loves you so much that he gave his very best, which was his son, Jesus Christ. And when he gave his son, we were yet in our sin. The Bible said he proved his love. He demonstrated his love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I want to put that back out there. Last um, Tuesday, I went in the book of Genesis, and I'm going to go back there again. We know in the beginning how God created the heavens and the earth. And I guess some people say, okay, I know all that already. Why do you keep going over this? Because some people that say they know, they don't know. Because if you know, you do what you know. And if you um, do on what you know, then you out there reaching the loss according to the word of God. And you have to have the word in you so the word can come out of you. And that's the life of God coming through you. So we see that um, in the beginning how he created the heavens and the earth. And we know that the Bible says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So this um, scripture lets you know in Genesis 1 that the earth was tore up from the floor up. It was empty. It was nothing there. But as God began to speak, the Holy Spirit released the power of God when the word of God was being spoken. God said, let there be light and there was light. So I want you to know today that God is about light. He is not about darkness. The light that comes in, it exposes the darkness. It um, takes the darkness and it just uh, do away with darkness. When light come, there won't be no darkness when you accept that light. So when he said, let there be light, the Bible said there was light. And we see in Genesis 1 how he created everything the way he wanted it to be. And I want you to catch hold to that. When God created the earth, when he created the heavens, it was the way God wanted them to be, wanted it to be. The Bible said the way he wanted it to be was good. When he finished creating each thing, he said it was very good. So everything God created is good and it's very good. So we know he completed everything dealing with the earth and on the sixth day he began to create man why did he create man because he needed man to rule over what he had created and one thing about God when he created all of this he made sure that man had everything they needed on earth to do what God had created them to do and how did God create them he created them to have dominion he created them to rule over this earth and this is what God want us to do he want us to rule over the earth over the earth over the animals but he does not want us to rule over one another he want us to uh, rule over the earth so what he did he created us as spiritual beings first and you cannot see a spirit 
So in order for man to rule on this earth, he had to have a body. So what did God do in Genesis chapter 2? He created a body from the dust of the ground. But guess what? It was a body. The body was dead. That body needed life. And the life that God put in that body come from God. When he breathed in the nostrils of that man, then life came um, in that man. Life come upon that man. And that man became a living soul. So that's where you have spirit, soul, and body. So the life of God was in the spirit. The man had a soul and he also had a body. The body is the earth suit. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're seeing the earth suit. You're seeing the body that was created. But that's not the real you. The real you is in your spirit. So what God did when he created man, he gave him everything that he needed. Man was outside of the garden. When he created man, he put man in the garden. When he put man in the garden, he told the man, this is what I want you to do. He had food. He had life. He had everything that he needed in that garden to live the life that God created for him to live. And that life was a good life. So after he had created him, he gave him a command. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We see that God told him every tree in that garden you may freely eat from. He said, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree or you shall surely die. God was not talking about a physical death. He was talking about a spiritual death. So guess what? After God saw that Adam did not have a helpmate, what did he do? He created um, a helpmate for Adam by taking one of Adam's ribs. But we know that Eve was already a part of Adam because Eve was taken from Adam. So after he did that, um, we know that Adam named the animals. That's when um, the dominion started. God turned it over to man. He began to name the animals. Him and Eve was in the garden. And then we see that um, by them being in that garden, what God told them not to do, the enemy used the serpent. And the serpent deceived Eve and she ate fruit from that tree. God told her not to eat from and she gave some to her husband. I want to know why is it that men think that just because a woman tell you to do something, whether it's wrong, they still do it. Do you understand that, Brother William? I'm, I'm trying to figure out, honey, what about you? When a woman tell a man to do something and they know it's wrong... They still do it. I know why they do it. Because they don't want to have no, um, they want to have peace in their house. But that's not the God kind of peace, right? Because this is what Adam did. He knew what God said. But he rather obey that woman than obey God. That tells you right there what's going on with a man and woman in a household, right? That man rather obey that woman than God. So evidently that woman know how to turn the head of that man. Because when Eve held out that apple, his head turned towards the apple and he, well, it wasn't the apple, it was fruit. When his head turned and guess what? He took a bite of it with Eve and both of them saw that they were naked. And chapter two, the nakedness that they had did not bother them. They were not ashamed of their nakedness. But in, in Genesis chapter three, when sin hit, they began to hide from God because they knew, um, what they had done, they was aware of their sin. But before all of this, they didn't know nothing about sin. Only thing they knew was about the goodness of God, about his goodness. I went over all that to go to chapter 4. So we see after they were put out of the Garden of Eden, 
they were not put out. Um, God put them out because he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life and live forever in that sinful condition. So in Genesis chapter 4, we see that Eve um, conceived and she had Cain, which was a farmer. She had Abel, um, which um, tended to the sheep. So both of them, both of them had an occupation and they bought an offering to the Lord. And the offering that Cain bought was not acceptable, but the offering that Abel bought was acceptable. And I don't know about you, but if, if my daddy accepted my sister's offering and it didn't accept mine, I probably would have felt like Cain. But Cain, um, God knew Cain was upset. He knew he was mad by, by his continence. So God told Cain, don't you know if you do well, you'll be accepted. But then he began to tell Cain, sin lies at the door and wait for you, but you can master it. So God was letting Cain know what to do, but Cain did not hear God. What did he do? He went and killed his brother. God knew that Abel's blood was um, crying from the ground. So he asked Cain, he said, Cain, where's your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? So there was jealousy there. There was rejection there. And we know that God put a mark on Cain's forehead and he was going to be a vagabond, but nobody could kill Cain. But the reason why kings wasn't accepted is because God was looking for that blood sacrifice because there's life in the blood. Abel knew this, but Cain did not do what he should have done. So then we go on to how when he killed Abel, Cain had a, a generation with, that was like Cain. So we know one of his grandsons, they end up killing somebody um, just like Cain killed somebody. So that was an evil generation. So then um, Eve ended up having another child, and she called his name Seth. So Seth, through Seth, they begin to call on the Lord again. So Seth ended up having a good generation, um, which was um, Seth's generation, and that's how we get to the part with Noah. And the reason why I'm doing all that, because we started at Genesis, the sixth chapter, and I want to let you know why I went back that far. Because when we get to Genesis, the sixth chapter, you have to know that you had Cain's generation, which was an evil generation. You had the generation of Seth, which was the ones that end up calling upon God, which was righteous. So you had evil and then you had righteous. And this is what we're dealing with even today. We have an evil generation, a fallen generation dealing with the world. Then we have the righteous that's in the world, but they're not of the world. That's that Cain, and then that's that Seth generation. When we get to Genesis 6, let's go there. Genesis 6, I'll be reading out the expanded Bible. And it says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. So you see what was happening here with the Seth generation and the King generation. Notice here that all of them were relatives. In the beginning here, they were relatives. So they began to um, subdue the earth again. And it said that they began to multiply. And the expanded Bible said the number of people on earth began to grow, multiply, and daughters were born to them. When the sons of God... Now, when we talk about the sons of God, I'm going to say this again. These are not the angels. These are self-generation. They are sons of God. They're the righteous. It said, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that's that evil generation, Kim's, Kim, um, Cain's generation, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. So they took the daughters of um, 
men and they end up marrying them. And God did not want that to happen. God wanted self-generation to stay with self-generation because they were righteous. Where am I going with this? Let's talk about it. Right now, you have people coming together. You have saved folk and you have unsaved folk marrying one another. That should not be. And some people say, well, I'm going to marry him and I'm going to make him right. If you didn't change him before you married him and you're saved, how are you going to change him now that you're married? Do anybody know? Do you know Sister Denise? There's no way Sister Denise can change Brother Willie if he ain't changed before she married him. Because the only thing that's going to happen is he's going to end up saying, by the way, Brother Willie, he's saved, he's sanctified, and he's filled with that burning fire. Right, Brother Willie? (laughs) Anyway, so if, if they, I'm using them for an example. If Sister Nee say, okay, Willie is my man and I'm going to marry this man. I love this man and I believe the life I live is going to change this man. Now, if she was saved before she met Willie and Willie ain't changed at that point, she didn't need to marry Willie. Because if he didn't see her change, he's not going to see that change. What's going to happen is going to cause her to change because Willie still want to party. Willie still want to act, you know, all out there, all this and that. Willie still want to do this. Willie still want to do that. So he's going to make Sister Denise feel as if, you know, you, you change. You don't want to do nothing with us no more. You act all different. We ain't down for that no more. You need to be like us. You don't want to do nothing. And all of a sudden, Sister Denise get in the house and she start thinking, well, I guess he's right. It won't hurt for me just to do this. Or it won't hurt for me to do that. Next thing you know, Sister Denise is with Willie, right? This is what's happening here. The world have taken on ungodly, saved people in the world have taken on ungodly women and ungodly men and said, I can save them. That's a lie from the enemy. You can't save nobody. You couldn't even save yourself. That's why it took Jesus Christ himself to save you. Quit using that as an excuse to lay with a man or a woman. Matter of fact, you don't need excuses no more. You already laying with them. So quit using that to say, okay, I'm going to save them again. You can't even save yourself. That's why Jesus died to save you from your sin because you couldn't save yourself. And I'm going to have to stay right there because there's still a lot of people thinking that they can save themselves. The Bible has proven over and over again that these people could not save themselves. This is why God was going going through the generation until he can get to Mary, which was the mother of Jesus, so he could be born of a virgin, so he can come to this earth, come off of his throne, and dwell among us in the flesh, so he could save us. He had to come from heaven, he had to be born of a woman, and he had to die. What sense does that make? Wow. God had to take on human flesh to die so we can live. So I want you to think about it. How can you save yourself? So they came in with these women and it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always scribe with man for that he's also as flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So what God was saying, he said, my spirit cannot be in man because of sin. He said, because of sin, because he is flesh. And then he says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were old men of Rion. So this is not the angels, y'all. 
I gave you a scripture on this. The angels do not procreate with human beings. Come on, y'all. God ain't like that. In that case, all of us didn't need to walk on the earth. He just make us all angels, right? He could have made all angels on the earth. That's not God's way of doing things. Let's go back and I'm going to prove it to you. In Genesis 1, if you're reading your Bible, I'm going to read it again. For those who don't know, God said, let us make man. He didn't say angels, did he? And our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creep upon the earth. So guess what God did? He created man his own image in the image of God, created he, him, male and female. He created them. What did he create? Male and female. And listen what God told them. And God blessed them. Who did he bless? Male and female. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Now, he didn't tell no angel, did he? He did not tell no angel to multiply subdue the earth he didn't rule over it did he he said let man let man male and female have dominion let them be fruitful and multiply that's male and female he didn't say angel and angel let me give you a scripture matthew twenty two thirty says when people rise from the dead at the resurrection they will not marry nor will they be given to someone to marry they will be like the angels in heaven Did y'all hear that? So that means they will not be married. They will not be given to anyone in in marriage. It would be like the angels in heaven. The angels around there in heaven with no woman hooked to them and no man hooked to them. Amen? (laughs) So this is how it's going to be. So God said his spirit would not dwell in him and them. And then this is what God noticed. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is what God saw about man. It said everything that they thought about, every inclination of their mind and heart was evil and wicked. Can y'all imagine? I'm going to ask you, Brother Willie. I just pick on Brother Willie because he can take it. Can you imagine, Brother Willie, being now you're saved? But before when you were not saved. The Bible says here evil was evil was so bad back then that everything they thought about was sin continually. Can you imagine Athea every day just sin, sin? And guess why? Because they didn't realize they were in sin. That was normal for them. Brother Willie, when you was in the world, that probably was normal for you to do what you done. If you didn't do it, your flesh felt as if I'm missing something today. I'm missing that woman I got to have her today. Now, y'all, he's married to a lovely wife now, but I'm picking on Brother Willie. Do you mind, Brother Willie, if I use you? So he had his little black book from what I was told. And every day he had a woman in that black book. It's seven days in a week. Thank God for Jesus, Brother Willie. See, God saved him. He really saved him because he got who he need right now. And that's Noodle, what he call her, Sister Denise. But this is what happened. So, Brother Willie, when you were in this thing, within the world, when you had those women in that book, what did you think on? He don't want to answer me, y'all. He'd rather not answer me. He's going to do like the Bible says, Salah. And then he's going to look over there at Sister Nee. 
But this is what happens in the world. I'm going to mess with Athea. Because, see, this is real. Athea, when you were in the world, you had things in your mind that you thought of over and over and over again. And the more you thought of them, you just end the act, right? When did that change? That's what I'm saying. So we have, when we accept him, we have a new nature on the inside of us. The reason why I'm saying this is it says continually. Every, I hear something in my ear right now. Somebody's saying, well, help me out. I'm saving. I'm still having these evil thoughts. I'm going to help you out with that. Because some people say, I'm saving. I'm still watching pornography. I'm saving. I'm still wanting these women. I'm saving. I'm still wanting these men. And the reason why you want them is because you haven't accepted who you really are in him. And I'm going to give you an example of this too. In the Bible, we talked about too about the sins um, what was it? How the forefathers sinned and went through the generations. Remember in the Bible, it talked about, um, it was going to go through four generations, but we corrected that. This is what I'm saying. If your daddy is doing something and you grow up seeing your daddy do it, some people say, well, how can I get the generational curse off of me? Quit doing it. Period. You have a choice. We all have a choice. Just because mom and daddy did it, you don't have to do it. So this is the choice. People say, I got a generational curse. That's been broken off of us. We're righteous. And you say, I'm still watching pornography. I'm still wanting a woman. I still want a man. Don't do it. Curse has been broken. The curse falls on Jesus. It's no, in your bloodline, there ain't no more curses because Jesus paid the price. For every sin, for every curse, there's no excuse. Just quit doing what you're doing. Is that easy? I guess some people say, that sounds easy, but no, you got a choice. I'll say this. A husband and a wife, they get married, been married for years. They say they love each other. Let's say the wife see a man and she want to step out with that man and she know it's wrong. She's a Christian woman too. She knows, she know that is wrong, but that man keep giving her something that that husband does not give her. She hear the Holy Spirit saying, you know, don't commit adultery. She hear what the Bible is saying to her, but she's yielding more to temptation. See, the enemy is going to bring temptation to tempt you, but you have a choice to turn away from that temptation. How do you do it? The more you renew your mind according to the word of God, you're going to flee that temptation. You're going to flee that sin. You have a choice. Is God going to stop you? No. Because he created you with the will and with the choice. Then when you get caught because you've done it, quit blaming it on the other generation. You did it because you chose to do it. When you stand before God, you cannot take your uh, mother with you and say, the reason why I slept with a man because I watched my husband do it. I watched my a mom do it all my life. She had a different man coming in the house. God said, I ain't talking about your mom. I'm talking about you. Because what you did is on you. It ain't on your mother. Even though you saw her do it, you had a choice whether or not you were going to do it or not. Y'all, we have a choice. It was a choice in the beginning. Quit blaming people. Go back to Adam and Eve. Guess what happened? Eve said, the man, Adam said, the woman you gave me, she the one caused me to do this. He blamed God. Who did Eve blame? She blamed the serpent. Who did the serpent blame? 
He didn't have to blame nobody. He knew what he was doing. We all have a choice, y'all. So it's time for us to make the right decisions. Christian folks, I'm really talking to you. Because some of you are out there making wrong decisions and you're trying to find some type of an excuse to justify sin. Sin has already been taken care of through Jesus Christ. This is why I'm going through the word of God and I'm starting over because we as born again saints should be out there encouraging the ones that's still in sin to let them know Jesus have brought you out of that. You don't have to stay in sin. Sin has already been dealt with. What's going to um, send you to hell is rejecting Jesus, not sin, because he paid the price for sin. Why am I so loud with this? Because the spirit of the Lord that's in me done got wound up. Because there's so many people out there that's saying, yes, Lord, and you're still doing the same thing that you have always done. And you're still trying to find an excuse. And you're hanging with these Christians that's telling you it's okay. I'm telling you it's not okay. Because if you're born again and you have Jesus on the inside of you, and which he is, he's on the inside of you then you wouldn't want to take him into sin when he dealt, when he has already dealt with sin. So we have to quit making excuses. This is why when they go to these AA meetings, the first thing they have to do is say, I'm an alcoholic. They have to admit it. But when you admit it, you quit it. You can't do it by yourself. He has given you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you if you want to be helped. If you cry out to the Lord. When we get through with this teaching, you're going to see how they cried out to God. So many times when they cried out to God, God was there to deliver them. Then they go right back into that mess. God still was there to help them. Why? Because he was still using mercy. He was still using grace. Because if God was so, you know, like people say he was, he would have really got rid of some people, including us. So quit making excuses for what you do. Just repent, turn from what you're doing. And that's what Jesus told the lady that committed adultery. He said, where are your accusers? She did, they laughed. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go, he did tell her to go, go and sin no more. So this is what God is telling you tonight. I tell you, y'all, this is getting so good. I don't know about you, but I'm happy up here. Hey, what about you? So then we get to Genesis 6. Verse 5, and and the Lord saw that the human beings on earth was very wicked, evil, and that everything they thought about was evil, wicked. And listen to what verse 6 says. And 6 in King James it said, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. The expanded Bible said he was sorry, regretted he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. Can you imagine? We have a loving father. He created us in his image, in his likeness. We had his characteristics. He was, he's our father. And then when the world was doing, when his um, children were doing this, he saw nothing but evil. He saw nothing but wickedness. The Bible says that he was filled with pain. Would you want your earthly father filled with pain? I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, and I did my little mess like I did. How many could look in your parents' face and lie? You know what you did wrong. And it hurted you because you know you were lying to your parents. But you still did what you wanted to do anyway. It ain't no big sin. ain't no little sin. It's just sin. Some of us look at, well, 
I didn't drink like a thief. I didn't smoke like a thief, but you were the biggest liar that ever walked. So if you lied, you're doing the same thing a thief is doing. So it don't make no difference what kind of sin it is. Sin is still sin. It's in the same category. Quit making sins bigger than any sin. I remember somebody had asked me this. They had come to me and they had asked me a question because somebody asked them the same question. I'm going to try to get it right. They asked me, they said, if you had a child that um, was 15, a daughter, and she got pregnant, and you had a son that was a homosexual, which which one would, would uh, what was it, um, make you feel worse? I'll just put it like that. Which one would make you feel worse? I looked at them and I said, sin is sin. So you can't categorize a 15-year-old girl being pregnant and a son being a homosexual. You can't accept her pregnancy and then tell the son to get out your face. Because sin is sin and God loves all of us. He didn't look at just because somebody is pregnant and just because somebody is a homosexual and say, okay, son, die for the one that's pregnant, but the one for that's a homosexual, let him go to hell. No, he did not do that. He looked at sin as being sin. It didn't matter what kind of sin it was. He said, I'm going to lay down my life for everybody's sin. Little sin, it ain't, it ain't all of that. He said, my love covers a multitude of sin. So we need to quit putting stuff in categories and we need to look at a loving God. The Bible said that his heart was so filled with grief, with pain, because he saw what he had created full of wickedness, filled with wickedness. And it says, so the Lord said, I would destroy, wipe out, exterminate all human beings I made created on the earth. And I will destroy every animal and everything that crawls, creeps on the earth and the birds of the air because I'm sorry, regret I have made them. But then thank God, he said, but Noah, please found grace and favor in the sight of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord said, I'm going to have to wipe out this generation. I'm going to have to get rid of this generation because everything about them is wicked. Everything about them is sin. Y'all, I thank God for Jesus Christ. Because right now, this world will be wiped out. But because of Jesus Christ, because of what he done, he done away with sin because sin was separating us from our God. So by him doing away with sin, guess what? We still have an opportunity to come into the kingdom through hearing what his son done. Because if you don't hear what his son done for us, have already done, then you would die in your sins. God said, I didn't create hell for my people. I created hell for the angels, the fallen angels, and Satan himself. I do not want you to go to hell. He said he don't want anybody to perish. He don't want them lost. He want them to have eternal life. That's why God loved the world so much, y'all. Don't you get it? I'm not just up here saying these things just to make you like me because it don't make no difference if you do or if you don't because I know God loves me. And as long as I'm doing what God tell me to do, I'm not going to have no friends. I am going to be hated because the Bible say said if the world hated me, which was Jesus, the world is going to hate you. So if I'm hated, I'm not disappointed because I know I'm loved by God. So it's time for us as Christians to rise up, get into the word, be taught the word, go out and be kingdom builders. 
quit making excuses of what you can't do. Y'all, it's people dying. And we don't want them to die in their um, sin when they don't have to when Jesus done away with it. They need to know the truth. And we, when you know the truth, the Bible says, and the truth will make you free. Quit staying home worrying about how am I going to get this? How am I going to get that? If you got Zoe life in you. If you got eternal life in you, you got everything that you need. So if anything happened, you know your destiny. There's two roads. There's a wide road and there's a narrow road. That wide road leads to death. But that narrow road leads to eternal everlasting life. Y'all, there's so many people on that wide road. And it's even some on that wide road that are professing, confessing, being Christians. How you end up on the wide road? Because I don't know about you, when I'm driving my car, I want them lanes as big as they can be. What about you? Them little narrow roads, don't cut it. Because it seems like you're going over here on this side, you're going on that side. But guess what? When you have Jesus and you're on a narrow road, you know where you're going. But when you're on that wide road, it's many on that wide road. And then there's heaven and then there's hell. So I'm telling you tonight, we don't want nobody lost. 911, what's the emergency? Lost souls. And if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and don't tell me, some of you are saying, I am saved. See, you're offended right now. See, a person that's really saved, don't open their mouth and say nothing because you're dead. How do I know you're dead? Because you died with Christ and a dead man don't talk. I ain't never seen a dead body rise up at a funeral, not lest they're called forth to rise up like Lazarus. So if you're rising up at me, you ain't dead yet. You need some more word in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ain't that right, Athea? So this is what we have to do. We have to go into the word of God. We have to be taught the word of God. So we see that Noah pleased God. Understand what God is doing here. When God was getting ready to get rid of, eliminate what he had created, the animals, y'all, everything, God was going to eliminate them. He said, I'm going to wipe them out. But guess what he waited for? God is so good. God said, I got to wait on somebody that's going to be born and that's going to be wanting to serve me. So he waited on Noah. He said, oh, now is the time. I have another generation. I have somebody in this toe-up generation that I can use to preach righteousness, that I can use to build this ark. What am I saying? Do not be discouraged. You may be an ugly duckling in your family where people don't like you, where they just throw you aside, they talk about you, even family talk about you. You need to be giving God some glory. You need to be getting your praise on because God is raising you up just like he's raising Noah up to preach righteousness for his name's sake. So if you've been kicked to the curb all your life, seem like your brothers and sisters always, you know, their family put them before you, it's okay because God is going to use you. But what's taking place in such a time as this? So Noah was found righteous. When God brought Noah in on the scene, he began to tell Noah, now Noah, this is what I want you to do. 
So Noah had to take heed to what God want him to do. This is why we need preachers that's preaching righteousness. You do not need a license to go out there and tell them what Jesus have already done. The problem is people want to come in this building and they want to preach to other people instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing outside of this building. God have whom he need inside. God said, I need laborers on the outside. He said, the harvest is plentiful. He said, but my laborers are few. And he said, pray that I send laborers amongst the harvest. God is raising people up in these buildings to go out amongst the harvest. People don't want to go out amongst the harvest. What they want to do, they want to stay in the house and let people come to them. So hear me, see me, be attached to me. So this is what God is saying. And I'm going to stop here tonight because y'all is mm -mm, good. And I have a lot more (laughs) that I need to say. But I'm going to stop here because I want to make sure we're grabbing hold to everything that God is doing. Remember, Noah was found righteous in his generation. So God was going to use Noah, but Noah had to take heed to what God is saying. I can say this. If God is going to use you for such a time as this, you have to be in your word. You have to seek God while he can be found. I'm getting so tired of people that always want to preach. They always want to teach, but they never pick up a Bible. They always want to be in control. They always want to tell people quit doing this and quit doing that. But they have not quit doing what they're doing themselves. So what we need to be doing is we need to stay before the Lord because we don't know when God's going to pull us out. We don't know God has set us aside for such a time as this. And God loves you so much that he want to make sure that you're getting everything that you need. So when you go out amongst them, guess what? They won't be able to shut you up because you are so full of the word of God. You are so full of life and you want all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I will leave this. I was watching a movie um, last night and the movie, it was actually, I was like, man, this is such a good movie. But in my spirit, I felt a tug and the tug I kept feeling. I'm like, Lord, this was a good movie. It was about a girl that had this disease and she supposedly was a Christian and she died. But before she died, she touched the lives of a lot of people and her family was a, a good family and you know, things, it, it surrounded goodness and it surrounded, you know, people being saved. But after it was over, I said, God, why am I so bothered by this movie? People got saved. She um, prophesied and through her prophesying, things came to pass and all of the good stuff. I said, why am I so bothered about this movie? And God began to tell me, he said, that's Latter-day Saints. I'm like, huh? He said, Joseph Smith. So if you go back and you research on Joseph Smith, you will see that he was a false prophet. And the Latter-day Saints based their teaching based on Joseph Smith. So I'm telling you, even the movies that you watch, when you get a tug in your spirit and they mention in Christ, but see, they have another agenda behind that. So when God is tugging your spirit, he'll let you know that's not of me. So that's why you need to be in your word and know when God is speaking and don't take things lightly. Everything that looks good ain't good. Everything that come up in your face and smile, you better let them discerning of spirits activate and know what's good and what's not good. Because God don't want us around things that's going to 
um, take us out of the will of God. He tell us to separate ourselves, y'all. And it's time for separation to take place. Separation need to take place with friends. People that you call your friends, you're going to know whether or not they're your friends when you truly grab hold to this word. When you start speaking truth, you're going to know who's going to still be in your circle. If you're around people and you're telling them about the goodness of Jesus, you're telling them what God is doing, you're telling them about life, you're telling them about the light of God, and they still have not come in, it's time for you to break away. Because that tells you right there, if you deliver in the word and they're still doing things that they have always done, that means that they're not ready for a change. You gave them the word. You plant it. Somebody's going to water. God is going to give the increase. It's time for separation. It's time for you to leave people alone that are not opening themselves up to God. Jesus did not sit there with them all day. He gave them what they needed and he went on about his father's business. So take what I have given you tonight, go back and and read, go back and meditate on it because it's time for us to win lost souls. Those who win souls are wise. Amen. 911, what's your emergency? Lost souls. And I don't want to end this teaching without opening up um, salvation because now is the time of salvation. And I believe my husband is ready to come up and offer the plan of salvation on tonight. To those that are lost. Amen. It's not too late. Amen. There's anyone tonight that want to accept God, the Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 10, 9, uh, if you would repeat after me. Uh, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And believe in your heart. That God rose Jesus from the dead. Or on the third day. You are, saved. you are saved. And now that you're saved, you are a three-part being. You're a spirit, your soul, your body. The spirit is vacuum packed, is sealed. Now your soul is in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now in order to get your spirit man, your soul right, you have to be in the word of God to line up with the word of God. It reminds me how when you sit to a table to eat a meal, you sit to the table, if you don't eat that food, you're going to be weak, you can become weary, and you're going to Start faint because you're not feeding your body. The same thing with the word of God. You got to speak, feed that spirit man to be strengthening, to, to eat the word of God, to be strengthening. Just like if you eat your food, eventually it's going to come out of you. If you eat that spirit man, it's going to come out of you. God going to see the way you live. You don't have to go out and, and tell people you're saved. God going to see your light shine. And what we uh, worry about sometimes, we what about falling down, coming short. You know, you start um, trying too hard, that's called self-righteousness. And what we have to do, we have to just trust God in, in, in all our ways and don't worry about uh, we make a mistake because we have to just repent and get up and do it again until we get it right. And I thank God for how He for his grace for us. It reminds me how um, we always looking at um, falling down because we're in the process of teaching my granddaughter how to ride a bicycle. And she, what she's doing, she's always looking at her feet, focusing on her feet. And when she's looking at her feet, she's, she can't balance herself. So we talked to Gianna. You got to look straight ahead, Gianna. So what we do, Jeremy stand beside her on the bicycle, and I get a little away from her. And he'll say, look at granddaddy. So she look at granddaddy. He'll push her. She'll start pedaling, and she'll go to her destination because she's looking straight at me. Because we say, we got you, Gianna. You're not going to fall. That's how we got to look at Jesus. We got to look straight ahead look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you got me. 
Don't look to the left, look to the right, just look to him. When you start looking down at your feet, you, 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 you're running into things. Amen. So just, just trust in God and just let God lead and guide you in all your ways. Now, before we dismiss, I'm going to ask Athea to come up here and encourage those that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. We want you to be encouraged tonight because everybody falls short. That's why we have a Savior. His name is Jesus, and his blood is on that mercy seat, crying, have mercy, have mercy. And we have new mercies every day. Now, I'm not saying this for you to keep falling short because there's a time that you need to get up out of what you're doing and really trust God and live the way he wants you to live a righteous life through Jesus. Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage everyone out there that it's the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance. And when you know how good God is, think about that God woke you up this morning. He gave you your health and your strength. He helped you to go on your way, those that are working, those that are at home. He's keeping that uh, virus away from you, away from your loved ones, away from your family. He's still answering prayers. He's keeping us safe as we travel down the highways. He's keeping us safe when we're going around people. We don't know what people have, but God knows. So I just want to encourage you out there to just trust God in everything that you do. The Bible tells us not to lean to our own understanding, but to acknowledge him in all our ways. So we as Christians need to acknowledge God and he will direct your path. If he tell you not to go, don't go. If he tell you to go, then you go. And then you encourage other people. The ones that are weak in the faith, you encourage them to let them know that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then you can say that the Lord is your refuge and your fortress in whom you trust. But how can you trust somebody that you don't know? And how can you know God without getting into his word? We all fall short. And as Apostle was saying, there's no big sin, there's no little sin. But the Bible tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us because cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So I just want to encourage you, don't stop listening at what the news say. Some people are glued to their TVs and they're taking that stuff in. And the more you take in, as Pastor James was saying, the more you take in, that's what's going to come out of you. What CNN said, what President Trump is saying, what all those doctors are saying and all this other thing. And if you look at it, they say something different every day. But the word of God is constant. It don't change. It's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is not going to change. He said he's healed you. You're already healed. He said he'll protect you. He'll protect you because he is your shepherd. So I just want to encourage you, stay under the shadow of the Almighty and let God be your refuge and your fortress. Call on him. He says, I'm here. He's nigh unto those that you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. So just be encouraged and know that God loves you in spite of you because he loved me in spite of me. Amen. Amen. And I want to say, too, I want to thank those that have continually uh, been a part of Clem Training School because we can have 10 people and we uh, keep having the same people coming out every Tuesday night. And I give God glory for the ones that you have heard and the ones that you have heard before that are getting trained to go out and win lost souls. Because you need to be taught. And Clem Training School is here to teach you the way that God would have for you to go. So I thank God for those that are coming out that um, are encouraging the people, and we just give God glory. So thank you for toning in tonight, and 
we just want to say may God keep you may God continually bless you and may you continually rise up into the authority and dominion that God has given you to God be the glory and to next time know that we love you with the love of God hold on just one second I'm sorry we forgot the announcements we don't want to leave any announcements out and I didn't give Gloria this announcement if you do not have church by ministry one app miracle temple please get church by ministry one even those that are watching tonight we have church by ministry one ministry one goes together it's an app that you can follow with your giving um we'll send out messages to let you know what we're doing what we're not doing it's church by ministry one church by ministry one get the app put it on your um phone and i know you will be blessed Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Until further notice, we will be using our live stream, Facebook, and conference call-in for our service in Clem School of Ministry. Sunday service will broadcast at 11, Clem School of Ministry, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Ways to send your tithes and offerings, you can go to www.mtdm.org. You can use our cash app, dollar sign, capital MTDM, number 20. You can mail it to P.O. Box 1042, Burgall, North Carolina, 28425. Thank you. Amen. And we will have church um, drive-in on Sunday. You need to be here by 1045. Um, drive in church on Sunday. Be here at 1045. To God be the glory. Amen. Until next time.